Assalamu alaikum and good evening. Um, this is not burning issue, this is in fact election in focus, but you are still with Yazid Kamaldin. Now, of course, we know that the election is coming up on the 8th of May, that's our national general election, and we will be having a special election program called maybe not so creatively, Elections in Focus. <laughs> Nonetheless, the show will go on and it will run up until the election and it's going to be a weekly discussion on the most topical issues leading up to the national general election on the 8th of May. And the show will be hosted every Tuesday from 7pm to about 9pm. Yeah. And what is the objective? Well, every week we will host different political parties to unpack one particular socio-economic challenge. And this week we start off with unemployment and the youth. Tonight we are going to ask the pressing question, how should we tackle this crisis? But before we get to that, we also have a weekly independent electoral commission feature where we bring you the latest on the preparations for the election. And with the special votes applications to take place tomorrow and Thursday, we chat now to Courtney Sampson, the Provincial Electoral Officer in the Western Cape. Courtney, good evening and welcome to Voice of the Cape. Do we have Courtney online? Uh, it seems we don't have Courtney online. Nonetheless, I will welcome our guests in the studio. Um, and just to remind you, of course, that we will welcome your input to the show as well. You can phone us if you have any questions for the different political representatives that will be on the show. The number in the studio is 021-442-3530. That is 021-442-3530. You can also send us a WhatsApp to the number 072-238-0712. That is 072-238-0712. So as mentioned, our discussion tonight is on, our focus rather, is on unemployment and youth in South Africa. And we want to know from political parties whether they are doing anything about this and whether they believe they have the solutions to this, uh, to make this better. So as we know, South Africa has a serious unemployment problem, particularly among young people. A worrying side effect is chronic unemployment. Those who have never worked at all or who have not worked for so long that getting a job is much harder. Several, in, several initiatives have been introduced to combat unemployment. Most recently, we have seen President Cyril Ramaphosa's Youth Employment Service. We asked the question, can it work? Of course, we'll hear from the different political parties. And then we are also going to look at other solutions that there may be to this problem. But now let's welcome Courtney Sampson to the show. Courtney, good evening and welcome to Election in Focus on Voice of the Cape. Good evening, good evening. How's it, how are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. Uh, with uh, colleagues here trying to check out the readiness of the IEC for the um, for the upcoming elections uh, in the different regions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, something that we wanted to focus on this evening was the special votes application. Um, we know yeah. that it's taking place tomorrow and Thursday. We'd like to keep our listeners informed about that. Yes, very good. Thank you. Um, there are two categories of special votes. The one category is for South African citizens who are on the voters' roll, 
but um, they are physically unable to go to the voting station. They can apply for a vote, a special vote, and they will vote on the 6th uh, or the 7th of uh, May. Um, and the IEC staff will come around to their places where they live in order to get them to vote. Then there's a second category, and the second category is mainly for people who uh, cannot be at the voting station uh, where they are registered uh, on the 8th, but they are available on the 6th or the 7th of May, and they will then apply to cast their vote on the 6th or the 7th of May at the voting station. So those are all possibilities and options. Okay. The opening, excuse me, the opening of the application for special votes is on the 4th of April, and it closes on the 18th of April at 5 o'clock in the afternoon. Now, these uh, applications can be done online, and... Uh, Courtney, hello. Seems to have lost him. I think we may have lost Courtney, um, but as he mentioned, the special votes are for people who cannot be at the poll, sorry, at the voting station um, on the 8th of May, and the vote, the application for special votes is running from the 4th until the 18th of April. Now let's welcome our guests who are in studio. We have three big political parties represented here, newsmakers, people and rather political parties that you may be aware of. Let's start with the economic freedom fighters. We have Piwaba Madokwe. Piwaba, good evening and welcome to our show. Uh, thank you so much for having me. Uh, good evening to everyone that's listening today. And I believe you are a provincial command team member? Yes, that is correct. I'm also the media liaison officer of the EFF with the province. Okay. What is a what is the c- provincial command team? What does that mean? What is that? Well, that is the provincial structure. Uh-huh. So, because we are a militant organization, we actually use military um, terms as well. Hence, provincial command team. Sounds so cool. <laughs> um, I think we have Courtney back online. If you don't mind, we just want to update our listeners, no obviously, problem. on our, our special votes because this is something important that people no could affect. Um, Courtney, welcome back yes. to the show. We lost you. Thank you. Yeah, well, I lost you. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, we're back online. Yeah. Now, I was saying that the uh, applications for special votes, they open on the 4th of April. Um, that's the day after tomorrow and they close the application time closes on the 18th of April at 5 o'clock in the afternoon so anybody wants to apply for a special vote should do so uh, in between those dates between the 4th and the 18th of April any time now this can be done online and uh, the people the first category, as I explained, is people who are physically unable to come to the voting station, and we will then go and uh, we will then go to their houses where they are applied for, and uh, then they will be able to vote there. The second category is simply for people who are unable to be at the voting station on the 8th of May, but they are available on the 6th and the 7th of May, and we'll open our voting stations for people in that category to come and vote uh, from 
of the morning until five o'clock during the day. It's an application, so people can't just decide I'm going to the sixth and the seventh of May to vote. It's an application that should have been made uh, between the fourth of April and the eighteenth of April, five o'clock in the afternoon. Okay, but now um, also what we want to understand is so so overseas people are going to be traveling. If you are going to be out of the country in that period, would you then let an embassy know how would it work? I mean, let's say for example, if I'm traveling um, from the fifth to the twelfth of May or something, but I want to vote, how would that work? Look, I think that the important thing is there are some people who are not going to be able to vote because of their uh, movements and so on. The applications for voting outside of the borders of the country is passed, it's over. Those who have been uh, successful in applying for that uh, vote outside the borders of the country will be voting on the 27th of April at uh, 121 uh, foreign missions that South Africa has across the world. So there will be people who will be um, in that in-between space uh, and won't be able to uh, make it in terms of that. But that's what's possible. The 6th and the 7th of May for special votes. Those outside the the borders of the country, that application time is closed. There were 29,000 people who applied to vote outside the borders of the country. And they will be voting on, on, on the 27th of April so that the ballot boxes and the ballots can be brought back in secure, in secure ways to South Africa for the counting on the 8th of May. Look, um, I just have been asked the question by someone, a listener, saying that um, they want to know whether Muslims fasting in Ramadan, you know, could uh, be able to vote at a particular time or is there a special voting process and that kind of thing. I'm not, I'm not sure, how, I mean, how this even works because, I mean, t- in my mind, I could vote if I'm fasting. Yes, I mean, we, we have met, I have met personally, we have met with the Muslim Judicial Council and we have brought out a joint statement together between the IEC and the Muslim Judicial Council in which a uh, Muslim community is encouraged to cast their vote and to participate in the electoral process. So there will be the voter. They can make decisions about where they would want to be and uh, whether they want to apply for a special vote or anything like that. But it is also um, true that um, we have said to the people who will be working at our stations who are Muslims um, that the other uh, staff must give the Muslim colleagues an opportunity to fulfill their religious obligations uh, if they are working on the 8th of May uh, or the 6th and 7th of May just for them to go to a quiet place, be private, and, 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 and make their du'as. And that, uh, then after that, they'll come back. That's the arrangement that we've made with people and with the Muslim community and through the Muslim Judicial Council. Can you please just clarify the special vote? Is that something that Muslims can take up? I'm not sure if I'm hearing you correctly. Anybody can. You know, anybody can say, look, I can't go on the 8th of May, but I can go on the 6th and the 7th of May. But it's an application that people must make. They must apply uh, between the 4th and the 18th of April. 5 o'clock is the cut-off time on the 18th. 
They apply for the vote. If, the, if they are uh, successful in their application, then they will be able to vote on the 6th and the 7th uh, of May uh, at the voting station. Yeah, I mean, in my mind, we can vote. I mean, it's nothing. It's not like I'm going to be eating while I'm voting. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you're going to have to break the fast here. Yeah, yeah then, you don't uh, have to break your fast to vote. Stuff, yeah. It's just like no, going it's to it's work it's and doing anything else. Part of our conversation with the Muslim Judicial Council has been very helpful, you know, in, in assisting us to think through these matters uh, because it uh, will be one of the holy seasons, you know. Uh, we go to work when we fast. We go, we have a normal life when we fast. It's not like we yes. become disabled. Um, yes. Yes. Listen to 3523 wants to know How am I sure my special vote won't disappear along the way? I'm a bit skeptical Whether it will make it to the counting centre on the 8th Look, I can't, I can't do much about that kind of skepticism I think that what we can say is that we have got people And if anybody is uh, acting in an untoward way They must be dealt with It's as simple as that I mean, I think that if we're going to now uh, be skeptical about whether my ballot is going to get to a place like that, you know, then I don't know how to uh, set people at ease because when you ask a question like that, there'll be another question, you know, because it's, it's in person's mind. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, but ultimately, are you confirming that you've got the safe... Uh, if I can say, um, not safe, rather secure mechanisms in place, the voting, you know, all of you doing your best, basically, right, to ensure that all well, ballots get counted fairly. Look, the, the fact of the matter is that we in South Africa have got one of the most uh, transparent electoral processes in the world. When it comes to voting on in the voting station, there are party agents present from each of the political parties and they will decide who goes in and who's not there to observe the process to make sure that the process is going as smoothly as it is and nobody is busy with uh, uh, shenanigans, you know, to undermine a party or to benefit another party. Okay. So I think the, 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 the party agents are there. It happens under their scrutiny. And that is besides the matter of uh, also uh, observers who come in and out, you know. But the fact that party agents are present in the voting stations and we have got special training days for those party agents. Uh, they will be trained by the IEC so that they understand the process well enough to be able to observe that something's not right yet, got to be put right. Okay. You know, so that's, that's where we are. Mm -hmm. The uh, second point that I wanted to make is that the same thing happens during counting. When the voting station closes and voting ends, counting starts immediately in the same venue under the watchful eyes of uh, party agents uh, who are inside the uh, counting station now. So when the ballots leave that voting station, they have been counted. And um, the, the other thing that happens is that every ballot that is used inside the voting station gets a stamp on the back of the ballot. If it doesn't have the stamp, it doesn't get counted. If it, is, uh, if it, it only gets counted if there is a stamp on the back of the ballot paper. Okay. I don't know how more secure the process can be, you know, in terms of making sure that people... Um, can have the comfort to know that your ballot can't get lost. Where will it get lost? There's a result slip that will be filled in 
um, during uh, just immediately after the, the the counting, the result slip is signed off by party agents, and that result slip comes in threefold. In on part of the result slip is a reconsideration of ballot papers. How many were given out, and how many are there now? You know, in the box. Okay, so, so I hope that sets our listeners' mind at ease. There is like three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve people probably like watching with eyes that these ballots are counted properly. We have another question though, Courtney, that I also want to get to before we release you. Um, mm-hmm. Listener three three six six wants to know: Could you kindly provide? Oh wait, no, that's not for you. Sorry, this is the the the, the, the question. Um, if one has dual citizenship, can one still vote? Not staying currently in South Africa. Thanks. If the person is not currently in South Africa and the person's name appears on the voter's roll and the person hasn't yet applied to cast their vote at one of the South African embassies or missions, foreign missions, then that person won't be able to vote. If it is that the person has got your um, citizenship and the person is a South African citizen and the person's name appears on the voter's roll, that is the person will be able to vote. Uh, but to vote out of the borders of the country, one would have had to have made an, an, a, a an application to do so because you know those ballots must get to the places uh, where the ballots I think the question may have been about dual citizenship so, so, so if you have dual citizenship, you can still vote as long as you do the special application, yeah, well, right? I think you apply yeah. to get on your name onto the voters' roll. Yeah. Once yeah. your name appears on the voters' roll, and it's only South African citizens who can get their names on the voters' yeah. roll. And I suppose so once the names on the voters' roll, you can vote. Yeah. I suppose the the word to take note there of is to our listener citizenship. You are a citizen of South Africa. You have the right to vote. Mm. Do the special application. And by the way. Do we know how many South Africans have registered to vote on on the 8th of May? Yes, uh, 27 million uh, nationally and uh, in the Western Cape, uh, 3.2 plus million. That's a lot of people. Mm. Look, we're sitting at the moment at about just over 70% of voting age populations of Africans on the voters' roll. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When we say 26, 27 million, one would think, okay, there are 55 million South Africans. But out of the 55 million South Africans, not all of them are voting age. Um, you know, that includes children, you know, who are still very young and so on. So if you look at the voting age population, from 18 upwards, uh, in that category, they are the people who can register as voters and will be voting if uh, they will be made opportunities will be given for them to vote. So once that has uh, happened, their names on the voters' roll, they are a South African citizen and they have the right to go and 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 vote. I just have one last question. Yeah. yeah, I just have one last question before we go for ads. Listener one eight five six says. What if I registered in one province? Will I be able to vote in another province on election day? Yes, you can. Um, if you are in another province, you can apply. You can apply to cast your vote at the voting station where you are not registered. Now, if that application at a voting station uh, is in the province, you will be able to vote 
you get a national ballot as well as a provincial ballot. If you apply to vote at the voting station in another province, you will only get a national ballot, and you'll be able to vote only nationally. And that's what the, what the, what the law uh, requires. Okay. Courtney Sampson, thank you so much for your time. We'll speak to you again next week, and enjoy the rest of your evening. I hope I was able to bring some clarity. I love the detail that you offer. You offer a lot of detail. Sometimes I have to sort of like, you know, like pause a bit, but thank you so much. A lot of detail. Uh, thank you. Yeah. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you. Elections in focus. Setting the conversation for the 2019 elections. Welcome back to Elections in Focus and now we are going to have a conversation with our guest in studio. Finally guys. Wow. <laughs> You've been very patient, thank you. We have already introduced Piwawa. Piwaba. Wow, did I say Piwawa? <laughs> you got Sorry. my name right the first time around. It's, it's late <laughs> and I need food. You know what I'm saying? So now we have Piwaba Madokwe. A representative of the militant group. Oh yes, she is the she is part of the provincial command team of the economic freedom fighters. Okay, mm-hmm. thank you. Then we also have Carl Popham. He's the Western Cape Youth Chairperson for the Democratic Alliance. Welcome, Carl. No, thanks so much. Good evening to your listeners and to you, Razid, for having me. Thanks. How are you doing? No, I'm good. Not nervous? No, okay. we can have a good conversation. Good, good, good. And then we also have the African National Congress Youth League's Head of Policy in Community Research. We have Misuli Kama. Good evening, uh, Yazid, uh, to the listeners and the fellow panelist member, uh, listeners of Voice of the Cape, our radio station, uh, my radio station, and your radio station. Wow, somebody did his research here, hey? <laughs> <laughs> so look, what I want to say to all of you is, you are working for three of the most well-known political parties in South Africa, okay? Yes. Your parties are top of the news whenever we open the newspaper and we do about politics. There's the EFF, the ANC, or the DA. But tonight we want to ask you what you are planning, or let's start by asking what you are already doing for the youth. And the reason for this is because we want to ensure that voters are informed about political organizations so that when they do vote, they make an informed choice. Okay? Traditionally, I always start on my right. So we are going to start with, and that's just because he's sitting here. Okay? This is no discrimination against any other political party. We'll start with Mesuli. Mesuli, what is the ANC doing for young people? And please, as far as possible, it would be great if you guys could focus on the Western Cape because that is where we are. Mm. Yeah? Thank you very much uh, once again, uh, Yazid. Uh, I think most importantly first, we must on behalf of the ANC Youth League uh, send our condolences to the various families uh, for which we have just uh, read their janazas that were announced for today. Uh, we deeply send our condolences. But uh, back to the topic I, I want to say in responding to what is the ANC doing. Uh, one must first, for you to be able to address any problem, you must first understand the nature of the problem. 
there has been a problem of un- unemployment in, in not only the Western Cape but in South Africa, the world. Uh, the, 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 the reasons that have been provided, because we're trying to get, we understand that government alone cannot be able to employ uh, young people or to address this problem alone, but we need a uh, private sector. Uh, so what we have been uh, uh, doing is to respond because private sector has put forward some challenges like uh, an unskilled youth, uh, unemployability. So what ha- what has been the focus of the ANC, which we have great achievements since 1994, is to work hard on skilling young people. And the challenge, which we talk in education specifically, has been that education has been commodified and it has been very expensive that many people can't afford in South Africa. So the government of, 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 of the ANC has done very well. I think the funding for higher education since 1994 has increased 70 times to what was there from what was, uh, I, I think, about uh, 16 million to now what is at 15 billion rand that was spent in 2018 alone. So we have been trying to resolve the question of accessibility of education in South Africa so that we are, we are able to skill our young people. But also what has been a challenge is the issue of, as a last point, so that I don't take much of the time, is the issue of experience, which has been a great stumbling block because we understand that for you to have experience you must start doing something but the challenge has been that many young people cannot be absorbed in the workplace because they are not experienced so government has uh, in the recent recent months uh, made a very uh, important pronunciation to say that uh, firstly starting with the with the public sector that we're going to ex- uh, scrap experience for entry-level jobs because we understand that you, 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 you are from school, fresh from school, you are qualified, you must be given an opportunity to practice. And what, what kind of entry-level jobs with this? When you talk of your entry-level job, and this is a position that the Youth League uh, advocated for, is to say, let's say you go to university and you do office management technology, and there's a particular office that needs a, 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 a secretary. It can't be that you want experience of three years, five years just to be a secretary or to manage uh, an office of which we have been able to be qualified over a period of three or four years in other universities. So there are jobs like a a, a driver. In South Africa to be a, 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 a legal driver you need a license. Now, for you having gone that process and you are given a driver's license, why do we need a three-year driver's uh, experience? You see, so young my, people. My question, my question to them, my immediate question that is, mm. we are going to come to the other people as well, right? But sure. To win, but. I need clarity on certain things as well. Sure. My immediate question to that is, what are businesses saying to that? Because uh, if you tell businesses you must employ people without experience, they're going to say to you, my company is not going to function properly if I get someone without experience. So I just want to know from you what businesses say to that. Uh, look, as I have said, there, there has been much uh, resistance. Uh, there's been, because business in, in, in South Africa, unfortunately, because of the capitalist nature that we find ourselves in, its interest is to maximize profit so 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 even on the experienced people there's resistance from business to absorb as many people as they can because you must have fewer people to maximize your profits but but we are engaged and now having a president that understands the sector very well and has been having engagements with the sector through many summits that have just passed is that we were trying to persuade business to say look 
someone who has a cell phone for five years has been even answering calls from a, 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 you know an insurance company that would want to sell something to you has been answering these different calls can cannot collapse the business uh, when that person is required to just answer the phone and refer that call or that appointment to anyone in the company that cannot collapse any business that's why we're talking about entry level jobs they cannot cost any company okay yeah. so just to reiterate you are saying that the ANC um, in terms of what it's done for youth unemployment, it has given money towards young people for education. Is that correct? Yes. And you're also saying that the ANC is calling for the scrapping of experience for entry-level jobs, particularly yes. for young graduates and young people. Yes, which has been pronounced already in the public sector uh, by the Minister of Public Service and by the President already. So ours from now on is to just check the implementation of it in the, in the public sector, but it's to also advocate that business plays its part. Thank you. Okay. Let's go to Piwaba. What is the EFF doing for young people, particularly now with the focus on unemployment? Okay, thank you very much for that question. Um, I think for starters, one would have to understand that you cannot speak about EFF and not be speaking about young people. The EFF is young people, which therefore means that our policies, our legislations, our commitments are by young people, for young people. Um, the EFF um, has been very... Uh, its stance has been strong on free education now. Um, since 2015, when Christmas Fault started, the EFF has been there. And its stance really has been that there must be no fees, none whatsoever, uh, to a point that when the ANC um, announced in 2018 that it is going to roll out NSFAS as a way of meeting uh, our requirements for free education, we felt that that was incorrect and that it was not what we had wanted as young people. And we are actually seeing the fallbacks of that right now, where there's still a lot of people, young people who should be at school, that qualify to be at school, but are unable to attend because the ANC government has refused to actually listen to what was proposed by the EFF and the FISMAS Fall uh, movement on what free education is. Mm. And also um, because they don't have money, right? That's why they can't go. It, it, there's uh, money for corruption. There's money no, I'm for saying a lot of the young things. people. The young people don't have money. They don't have we money. We're talking yes. about young people who don't have money yes. to access young education. Young people do not have money, and the provision that has been put on the table is not sufficient. And there have been uh, suggestions as to how do you actually source this money so that you're able to cater for all young people that are not able okay. to access. So, so, um, so for now, you're just you've made a call, but mm -hmm. what are you doing? I want to understand. I'm, I'm know, getting to yeah, that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so. What we've been doing right now is that we have actually been trying to, having understood that there's all these, um, um, what's this, the red tape and all these shortcomings when it comes to NSFAS provisions. So um, the EFF is in every institution trying to get as many young people into the system which therefore means all the challenges that they have at administration level, at accessing NSFAS, at getting funding, the EFF is there. But however, it is not able to assist everyone. Like for instance, I only got NSFAS like two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And this is actually like second week of March. For our listeners who mm -hmm. don't know what is NSFAS, I mean, I know, okay. but let's go into it. I know it's a funding, but go into it, please. All right, so NSFAS is uh, a funding provision that is made available specifically for undergraduate students which also is a problem because you have postgraduate students that come from poor families that do not have funding that are then not able to access education because of that. So NSFAS only covers for undergraduate students, which is people that are doing like their first degrees or diplomas. 
Okay. All right. And then, um, so it is free education that we have advocated for, and not only advocated for, but we have made sure that as many people, as many young people as possible are able to access. Um, access being that we've provided accommodation for them um, in, in, in institutions of higher learning, especially during January, because you have people coming from the Eastern Cape, people coming from Joburg who do not know anything about Cape Town. So you always have people that are on campus that are assisting them. Um, also, the EFF has uh, advocated for land occupations and um, this has assisted a lot of young people in the sense that uh, we have uh, said that people must occupy un um, unused land. Government um, land? Unused. State-owned land or any land? Unused. So even if it belongs to a private individual, you're saying go take that land? If it is unused, yes. <clears throat> that is the case and this is what has happened. Um, and actually, because of that, there are a lot of communities. I would make an example of Azania in Stellenbosch currently, which is having an ongoing case. However, they have been able to actually occupy that land from August until recently. Mm. Um, and when you, when you tell young people this, do you also tell them that they might be arrested because it's illegal to invade someone's private property? It is not illegal to uh, invade uh, someone's private property if the person is not using that property, which is the stance of the EFF that you are using unused land, right? Which therefore means that the person is not using that land at all. They are aware that they might be arrested, and for that we actually send uh, legal representatives. So if and you are arrested, legal it means it's illegal. Do you get what I'm saying? But then we go to, to court and we actually win these cases on their behalf. So that's why I'm getting at that. They do get arrested, we go to court, we win these cases, and they end up staying there. Okay. So if that is the case, then one would not really say that it is illegal because it, it means that the courts themselves say, okay, this means this person has not been using this land, it's okay for you to stay there. Then it, it, it's a different case altogether. Okay. And I want to also just come to the call for free education and housing for students. Mm -hmm. Is this based on research that you may have done that South Africa can afford to provide? Because I know that the National Education Department, for example, would say something different, but I'd like to hear from you. Have you done any research on whether South Africa can afford to give every young person free education and housing? Uh, of course, uh, research has been done. Um, it has not only been done by the EFF, but it has been done by various uh, researchers and academics as well. And. Um, initially, what we had proposed is that there must be tax, education tax, which must be put on companies. Because after um, people graduate, they will actually go and serve these companies. Uh, and there must be an element of social responsibility that companies have. So instead of just taxing people for the sake of taxing, you actually tax people for education, for an education bill, right? which therefore means that this money will not be used on anything else but education. That was our first um, proposal. And then secondly, it was that um, in the PIC, 1.6% um, of the money that is there. The Public Investment Corporation, yes. yeah, yeah, which is a government mm -hmm. fund, anyway, yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So if they could take We like maybe to spell out letters <laughs> so that all our listeners know no what problem. we're talking about. It's yeah. fine, I'll just elaborate later uh -huh. on. So, like, if you can take at least 2% of the money that is in there, then you would be able to fund free education. So that is one of the um, proposals that we made. And I think if you would know that about perhaps the, the Steinhoff uh, saga where billions went missing from, from the PIC, 
there was nothing, it did not affect the economy, none whatsoever, you know. So when we are now saying that, please take just a small portion of this amount and send it to free education, we are told, no, the economy is going to be this, there's no money, there's no that, but there is money. And also, um, the EFF has made, actually, it's the only political party that has made a re research on illicit financial flows. And we have found out that trillions of friends are leaving the country illegally. And there is no law that is actually stopping this money from leaving. So which therefore means that if we actually put laws in place and we legislate and we monitor this money, all that money can come back to South Africa and it can be invested in the places that it should be invested in. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I just wanted to remind you all that I will ask you some tough questions. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. And also just to the disclaimer, the views expressed in this program are not the views of the Voice of the Cape, it's management or staff. <laughs> Blame the EFF for what they say. <laughs> <laughs> Invite the land. Okay. <laughs> Look, um, we do Sanitation, have an ad. It's occupation. Occupation. I Thank mind you that to you, much. my friend. <laughs> We're going to go for an ad break now. And then when we come back, of course, we'll have Carl from the DA telling us what you've been doing for the, for, for the youth. Elections in focus. Setting the conversation for the 2019 elections. The show is called Election in Focus, and from now until just up until the election, we are going to be bringing you the voices of political parties. This evening, our focus is youth and unemployment, and we now are going to give Carl, who is the Western Cape Youth Chairperson for the Democratic Alliance, a chance to speak about what his party, or the DA, has been doing for young people in combating unemployment. No, thanks, Yazid, um, and thanks to the listeners for the opportunity. I think when we have this discussion, we must preamble it by saying that, you know, South Africa is a great country with even greater potential. And if you've lived here long enough, you surely can recognize that we've taken a wrong path within this country. Crime is on the rise, corruption is oppressing us, and fair access to jobs does not exist, especially for young people. I think when you have uh, roughly 10 million unemployed South Africans, with more or less 50% of those being young people, the dignity of young people has been stripped away. And and, and as the Democratic Alliance, we, we have made access to jobs one of our key election manifesto points because it speaks to your listeners, Yazid, and the people of South Africa. And I think it's important that looking at this gloomy national climate, we come back to South Africa, to the Western Cape, sorry, and we say, what's happening over here? And the the statistics is clear. And I know I, I'm I'm one of those politicians that doesn't necessarily want to look at it, but if you want to juxtapose it and compare it with the rest of South Africa, we must look at those facts. And we need to say that 500,000 jobs was created in the Western Cape over the last 10 years of our governance, and that's 60% of all jobs in the country in in the country over that same period. And that's an important point. 
Because the, the, the key difference there, the, the common denominator is that the DA is governing in the Western Cape and there's another political party nationally. I think very important is also to look at the work opportunities, which is different to jobs, that the DA has created for young people. Like you, like my colleague said, in terms of you know creating that experience through uh, an initiative by Premier Zilla, the Premier's Advancement of Youth Project, which has created 5,500 internships. What, what kind of sectors, are, just to give detail, mm. is it like, for example, the 500,000 jobs and, and the interns, is it across all job the, sectors? The, the 500,000 is across all job sectors. Yeah. That's our economy. That's not the government. Like my colleague said, you know, I find it quite ironic, to be honest, when he says that, you know, we need the private sector um, and government can't do it alone. I agree with him. I mean, I don't necessarily think the national government is doing that with the way uh, uh, everything is centralized. Look at ESCOM, SAA. There's huge potential to create jobs. The DA has just taken upon a campaign now to allow us to buy energy from independent power producers, which will diversify the economy, creating more jobs. So, yes, that, that 500,000 jobs applies to there. In terms of the 5,500 internships, that's within the Western Cape government alone. That's given uh, young people skills from within the office of the Director General in the Western Cape government to economic development, to social development in various sectors. And this is in, 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 an internship usually is obviously aimed at giving people experience. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, to go okay. into the formal economy. That's an effort from the Western Cape government. I think, you know, it's, 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 it's important to talk about where the DA sees themselves going as well. And, and, and our, clear, our clear message is we need a job in every home. Yazid, I've experienced what it's like to not have a job in, home, in, in, in my home. You know, where, where I'm at UCT, I'm not there anymore. Where NASFAS failed me with someone who never had a household income. But there's billions being released in, 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 in air quotes for, for, for uh, uh, students by the national government. And so the DA under NASFIS as well has a very clear structured model that we've put before the African National Congress where we've said it's not sustainable to offer free education to all people. That academically deserving students who are poor and which we classify based on research is no to 150,000 household income deserves free education and accommodation and all that's needed to, to become successful. That there's those people who are the missing middle who earn perhaps between 150,000 to 350,000 who must be extensively subsidized in order to get into university and those who can afford it must pay. Alan Zilla's son and Cyril Ramaphosa's son and me even, we must pay because we can afford it. But specifically under national uh, uh, governance we have a specific five-pointer that we believe will assist in creating jobs for young, for young people and that's building on our success in the Western Cape because that's, unfor that's unfortunately uh, 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 our fact-based system where we're saying we create a national voluntary service which is a year uh, 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 for all school leavers who want to utilize it who's left with a matric certificate within various departments to get skills and to get experience we will uh, uh, create job centers throughout the country because what I've learned going on the ground and you have to keep it to the Western Cape I've worked in Mitchell's Play in Bontieville in Langa but we can take it to Beaufort West as well young people have access to the information about jobs and we believe those job centers will assist those young people but like my colleague on the left from the EFF said it's about removing red tape and, and, and you know the key the key difference 
friends you'll hear in the ideas he says because we've governed we can actually speak about practicality and the, the DA has invested one billion rand in red tape reduction that has been important how does that affect a young person please it created us. that 508,000 <laughs> jobs for young people that has been accessed to young people across the country you see the, the, the failure and I'm sorry to get a bit technical maybe but it's very important if you understand the, the reality the failure of the national government comes from the the political party's policy of the National Democratic Revolution, which looks to centralize everything to government. Which I would like you to focus on your party, please. Well, fair, fair please. point. And, 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 and I, I, I can agree, but if we, don't look, if we don't look at the national climate, yes, we can look at what the ANC difficult. is doing wrong in a second. But for now, I want you to tell us what the DA is doing right. No, I'm happy with that. Yeah. And so I think because we have one minute for the for the for the rebuttal. prayer break. No, oh, we're shy. Okay. Muslims must and know, guys. Five times a day. Final point here, Zid, is passing the job tax that uh, the job act that incentivizes creating jobs for young people within the economy, like my colleague yeah. said, because that's ultimately so what it's about. So let's recap: the DA has ensured 5,500 internships in the Western Cape for young people. You have job centres where young people can get information. Is that correct? That is what we what we propose. What you are proposing, yes, um, And then around education, because I want to touch on education as well. You have proposed subsidised education for low-income households. Correct. Yeah. Are you assisting in this way in the local in the Western Cape well, where you are ruling? In the Western Cape government, is it forty percent of all schools are no fee-paying schools, mm-hmm. and so we believe that 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 subsidy must be accessed for for learners that can't afford it. Okay. Is there any Anything else that I've missed out in recapping what you've said for young people, what the DA is currently doing for young people? I think the DA is a party of promising less and doing more and making sure that it affects the young person on the ground and that's what's most important. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) The Muslims are going to pray, guys. It's time for Ishai. We'll be back after the Ishai break. Then we'll hear more from the three political party representatives on their plans for young people and why they believe young people should vote for them. Of course, listeners, especially if you are young, get involved in the show. You can give us a call or send us a WhatsApp. Elections in focus. the conversation for the 2019 elections. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Yazid Kamaldin. And as mentioned earlier, we have three political parties in studio. We have the African National Congress, the Economic Freedom Fighters, and the Democratic Alliance. And the topic this evening is youth unemployment. Of course, we heard earlier from the Independent Electoral Commission that a, let's get this number right, that a total of 27 million South Africans have already registered to vote in the 8th of May election. And of course, it's our role as a community platform to ensure that voters know who to vote for and also why they are voting for the political parties. So this evening we decided to focus on youth unemployment. Now I'm very impressed with the feedback that we are getting on the WhatsApp line. The WhatsApp line, the number is 0722380712. That is 0722380712. You are also welcome to phone us. The number in the studio is 0214423530. Um, I'm impressed with questions from young people. One young person, in fact, has got questions for each political party in the studio this evening. So let's get straight into those questions. A question for the ANC. Now, of course, the ANC has said, had said the ANC representative here in the studio. Um, his name is Mesuli Kama. And of course, he, as mentioned earlier, is from the ANC Youth League. He had mentioned that the ANC is calling for a scrapping um, of experience for um, youth who need jobs. 
Um, and the thing about it is that this young person is asking the question, um, isn't it maybe more practical to have um, young people gain experience in their jobs, sorry, in their studies, so that they can gain experience and be ready for jobs. So what does the ANC representative say to that question? No, thank you very much uh, once again, and thanks for the question. Uh, look, we agree with, 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 with the listener, and most of that is happening already, but, but still the reality is that uh, there are companies that will require experience more than because in the formal education where young people would mostly want to go, which is your universities of technology, there's an opportunity for working integrated learning in your in your traditional universities there's a space for internships or what uh, in-service trainings but the reality is that those most of the time are limited to six months or a one year now what we've been saying is that you will be required by other companies to do uh, to have an experience of three years and more hence we're making that point on entry-level jobs but uh, there's a lot that we've been doing with our focus of channeling more funding in the uh, TVET sector, uh, which is your training and vocational uh, education sector, uh, where we encourage people to do your skills like your 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 your, 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 your learnerships in in the colleges. Not all of us must run to your traditional universities, but we can go to colleges and get the required. What skills. is your short answer? Uh, 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 the, the difficulty that we always have is that we are required to provide short answers to complex uh, 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 <laughs> Sorry uh, man, I, will, I have a lot of questions yeah, here. Yeah, no, I understand that. that uh, but I'm saying that... This is a young person, accept, by the way. He's saying, like, what do you think about maybe telling people, yes. instead of saying to people, you don't have any experience, how yes, about helping yes. us gain experience while we study? Yes. I know this is happening already because I started and I did an internship, just by the way. Yes. Yeah. No, no, no. We, we on principle, were agreeing with that young uh, uh, listener that that needs to be done and some of it as we are saying is happening already mm -hmm. but I was just making a call to say that we need to advise our young people to shift the thinking you know if you want to fo uh, to follow your uh, uh, technology or innovation uh, stream of education instead of academic in, you mean instead of purely uh, academic years, like university there are opportunities in your TV, in your colleges where you do uh, training and most of these courses you will do six months you do training do six months you do training there's much training theory is, 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 is so the pool for scrapping the experience is for what category though because if you are doing a practical job you know like you are going to be getting experience while studying in a practical I mean let's say if you want to become a mechanic and you go to yes. like a Northland college or something you're going to learn how to be a mechanic yes, on the, yes. on, while you study you know yes. so the scrapping of the experiences for what kind of graduate uh, uh, look as I was saying you know uh, uh, with your technology innovation and all uh, others you would really have uh, they would have experience but the challenge is that there is those that some call in your formal education I made an example earlier about someone that is going to be an administrator these people were not ex exposed to any much uh, uh, experience and most jobs in entry level whether it's your government the jobs are administrative or what there's a challenge of uh, 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 young people accessing 
losing these jobs because they do not have experience. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, yeah, the, yeah. That's, that's, that's the challenge we have. So we're saying scrap the experience so that you allow these people to be in a space to be, to be trained. Because, you know, even with these uh, in-service trainings and uh, people who have been in the education sector can tell you that it's even difficult to get uh, uh, placement for students while they are study, studying to get uh, these opportunities. Mm-hmm. So, so that's what I was saying. Business must play a role. And, and, and business must have a different eye to this thing. The, the more there are many young people who are unemployed, who are getting frustrated in the areas where they stay, it's not good for business. Thanks. We have a question for the EFF from the same listener. It's listener 1856 saying, question for the EFF. You talk about free education. Does the illegal land occupation in the Salaris area that was meant for a school form part of this free education movement or is the movement just to have a country where people don't have access to education because all the land was illegally occupied whoa there's a lot of questions coming through now guys yo are you telling your friends to send whatsapps by the way are you are you doing this no no is this no, in this no. are you okay because guys there's a lot of whatsapps coming through but so yeah people are occupying land meant for school what is the eff saying about that Okay, um, like I explained earlier, the stance of the EFF is that uh, there must be land uh, expropriation without compensation for equal distribution. That is our policy, which is something that we've also represent, presented in Parliament and it was adopted. But what we then said is that in our 2014 um, National Assembly, we made a call there that people must go and occupy unused or unoccupied land. So what you are telling us about is that there's land that should have been used for schooling, which is wrong, which is something that the EFF has never advocated for. It is something that the EFF does not condone. Um, secondly... Um, so you're not occupying this land in the Salaris area? Hello, is the EFF no? No, okay. It is not the EFF that is uh, that is occupying the land, and we view that as wrong. But you have Our, called people to occupy we land, have so called indirectly for this is your involvement. We have called yeah. for people to occupy unused land. Mm-hmm. So if you are saying that this land had been provi- there was a provision for it to be used for something else, then it is not the category that the EFF has called for that land to be used. Now, what and if remember, this was an inter- yeah, yeah. this is mm-hmm. in the interim. Mm-hmm. Otherwise the call for the EFF is that all the land that is in South Africa, this is when the EFF is in government, must be state-owned, right? Which therefore means that it is the state that would make the provision of who gets what land and all those things. But in the meantime, well, because we do understand that there is an issue of landlessness, there is an issue of people not having accommodation, and th- this is also... Um, evidenced by the fact that South Africa has been said to be one of the the most unequal societies in the world. And one of those things is that because people do not have access to land, people have been displaced. Okay, so you're not involved in salaries. You are saying if land is meant for a school, don't occupy it. Yes. Okay. See how quickly I can answer your questions in a nutshell for you guys. <laughs> Yo. Okay, <laughs> another question for the EFF. You say that you are a party for young people. Does this include white youngsters? Since the leader of the EFF has left the whites out when he asked colors, Indians and blacks to join hands. Okay, um, I think it goes back to my question, uh, my announcement earlier that South Africa is an unequal society, right? And inequality means that black people, and what we define as black people, it is colors, it is Africans, it is Indians. They are not participating in the economy. They are the ones that are actually at the raw end of the store. 
but white people are the ones that have actually gotten a lot of things, right? Hence, then the EFF is then saying that there must be equality, and hence the, the um, hence the establishment of the EFF. And when the EFF as well is a non-racial organization, so when we s were speaking particularly on or speaking to black people, it is because these are the people that are marginalized, these are the people that were historically and are still to this day marginalized and are at the backfield. However, the EFF does have young people, it has young white people who are members, it has young white people who are actually occupying some of the structures. Um, for instance, uh, um, a student at the University of Cape Town, and I know that in our structure there are young white people and also in the EFS. So you've well. answered that question. Now here's a question to the DA. Early in the news there was a story on school infrastructure and lack of transportation for farm children to get to school during the winter in the Western Cape. Isn't so education is a factor obviously to get a job for a lot of people. Mm. So Here's the question. Shouldn't the DA-led government in the Western Cape stop bragging about schools that they are building and start fixing schools that aren't doing well? I think, thanks, Yazid, and thanks to the listener. It's a very fair question. I think if I, if I can just tell the listener what we've done. Um, when we took over in 2009, the previous government had built 44 schools. To date, the DA-led Western Cape government has built 132 schools within the Western Cape. But that's next to repairing uh, uh, roughly 2,000 classrooms within the city. So I think while there's much more work to be done, uh, we come from a, a horrible history within our country, I think the DA-led Western Cape government has proven that compared to what we faced before, we've done a lot more. Under transport, I want to fully agree with the listener. And the DA has a policy in which we provide transport subsidies for learners who live within a five kilometer or more radius within uh, a, a school. So I would really encourage the listener to please let us know where he has faced such the case. I've traveled the province and there's an area in Beaufort West where I've engaged this. I immediately contacted the department and the ministry and we were able to assist. So that's, that's very important about notifying us so that we can assist these learners. But I think it's very clear that from you know the action, what we've delivered, we've proven that you know if you're a resident in the Western Cape, you have better access to education and you have better access to proper schooling. Okay. Look, I think we are also all about people sharing their realities on the mm -hmm. show. Burning Issue is all about the socio-economic conditions of our, of our listeners and our community. And I just want to share um, what listener 6156 is saying. And the listener is saying, I get a disability grant and my daughter is attending a Tivet college in West Lake. She gets an allowance of 975 rand a month. And we live in Lentegeer, which is far from the college, but the student that lives around the corner from the college gets the same amount. That's, of course, assuming now that person is also getting a disability grant. Sometimes I have to give her money because the allowance isn't always enough for some months. And on top of it, the taxi fare went up. So how am I going to make do ends meet as to what I'm thinking I'm going? Okay, so... Yeah, this person is just saying, what will the political parties do for students? And because when we go to NASFAS, they say I must speak to the college. 
Mm. Okay, so yeah, I mean, th- this is just the reality. I think this is the reality of lots of people. Yeah. They don't have money to study. All political parties here have said that they want to help young people access education. The EFF has said free education. Um, the DA says people who can afford to pay must pay. And the ANC has said, what did you guys say now again? On free education, what was your stance? Uh, look, we've said that uh, we've been able to increase uh, the, the funding. Uh, so you've been able to help more young people? Yes. Okay, yes. okay cool. Um, now, I appreciate all the call, uh, all the input, and I, and I want to share as much input as possible from our listeners. So um, let's just look at some of the WhatsApp. There's a lot, guys. Um, listener 3523 is saying, um, oh, wow, look at this one. The ANC, this is coming at you. This one's coming at you. (laughs) (laughs) The ANC shouldn't be involved in this question. They reshuffle pensioners, no youth. Is that true? (laughs) Do you only have pensioners in leadership roles in your party? No, that that is not uh, true. You know what? You're not a pensioner. You don't look like a pensioner. I don't look like a pensioner at all. Uh, You know the ANC and and as you think, we've made this call. Uh, Reality is that uh, there are mistakes that have been made in the past. Uh, The recent reshuffle. Although we're not happy that uh, in majority they were older people, but the understanding that we had, we were not fixed fixed to ageism, but we understood that there is a need. At that point, the economy was collapsing. I mean, Julius Malema was part of your party once a time. Once, once a, upon a time. time. And he's and, a young man. Yeah, and, and, and we know what happened in Limpopo, uh, where the ANC went bankrupt at the time he was there. But what I'm saying is that, look, the ANC moving forward, we are uh, on the call of young people that they must take the space. Okay. Uh, I, I'm, I'm 28 years, 6 months, and 17 days uh, today, but... I'm going to. It's be, your birthday I'm, today. I'm, I'm going to no. know. I'm saying in 17 days, so I'm oh. going to be in the in the in the in the legislature, and I'm, I'm number three on the list of the ANC. Uh, we have others that are on the list. We have a, in the ANC national at number five yeah. a young person. I'm going to ask all of you a big big favor. Mm. Like, let's keep the answers a bit tighter so we can get through all the questions. Because remember, we're yeah. on air only till 9 o'clock, and I want to sure. get through all the Definitely. WhatsApps. Yes. Okay. No I mean, I love all the input, but let's keep it quite short. We have to go for an ad break very quickly. There's tons of questions when we come back. Welcome to Ilya Laser Hair and Beauty Spa. At Ilya, we have the fastest and most effective laser hair removal technology in the world. Get rid of that unwanted hair permanently and painlessly. We promise you that our rates are the best in Cape Town. You can also spoil yourself at our spa for your hair, skin and beauty needs. Find us on Cromboom Road under the Crawford Bridge after Shell Garage next to Arabian Nights Restaurant. Phone Ilya Laser and Beauty Spa on 021-696-3944 or 062-842-1664. Help the Al Imdad Foundation provide emergency relief aid to victims of Cyclone Idai, which has triggered a massive disaster across Southeast Africa, causing widespread flooding and devastation in Mozambique, Malawi, and Zimbabwe. With more than 2.6 million people affected, there is an urgent cry for help. Donate now. Visit alimdad.com or call 0861-786-243 for more information. 
two spur burgers with chips and onion rings for only 100 rand. Yes, two beef or chicken spur burgers with chips and onion rings for only 100 rand. Two is better than one. Exclusive to Golden Feather Spur Vangate Mall. Monday to Sunday, all day, every day. 0216337484 to call and collect at Golden Feather Spur Vangate Mall. Remember, this offer is for takeaway only. Try our new exciting range of delicious pizza and platters available for takeaway or sit down. Live from Cape Town, this is the Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM. Elections in focus. Setting the conversation for the 2019 elections. I'm so happy that young people are participating in the show. In fact, the questions that are coming through now is from a 21-year-old listener. He's saying, I'm 21 years of age, and these are my questions for the different parties. So this is the next question from listener 3523, a 21-year-old saying, The EFF is full of youth. Good job. But all of them have anger issues and cannot control their anger. They burn down every single building in their way. EFF, do you want to reply to that? Is that true? That is not true. Okay, thank you. Uh, <laughs> That's guys, we keep the answer short here. We're keeping going. Um, yeah, so how, this listener also wants to know, how will we as young people be included in your party? How will we benefit from you if you win elections? That is a very valid question. Mm-hmm. You have to answer this in like two sentences, guys. Go. Uh, no, let, let me start from the ANC. You click. Our call is very simple. Uh, is that you don't only vote for the ANC. But what is important after voting is that let's work together to grow South Africa. Let's all have that thinking that Tumamina, where we are, at the space where we operate, let's work to build uh, South Africa. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the EFF's manifesto is really um, representative or it is called for demographics of the country to be represented, which therefore means that we are calling for 50% of representation of the youth, uh, uh, employment, I mean, in government structures, in institutions, in the private sector, and in all these things, which therefore means that we want to put legislation to ensure that young people are not only employed, but they actually have um, after school or recreational services as well. Hence, we're investing in the creative industry, we're investing in after school sports programs, in arts and culture, and Are in you investing sports. money? That is what we want to Were you do. proposing? Yes. I got Hence you. The, yeah. So that's why you're saying this person must vote for you? Yes. Yeah. The Democratic Alliance is building one South Africa for all. Young people need to know that the DA sees you, the DA hears you, and the DA recognizes your importance. Go and look at our lists. While you have a national cabinet, while the national cabinet clearly represents what I would call the pensioners club, the DA list is as its highest amount of young people that it's ever had before. Go look at our national assembly list. You matter young people, and the DA cares about that. Listener 5660 wants to know from, well, this is the assumption that the listener is making about about the ANC. Listener 5660 is saying the reason why coloreds are not getting opportunities is because the ANC has a racist black economic empowerment policy. Uh, even there, I think it needs to be understood. What has been a problem is uh, people defining other people or defining themselves outside what we mean when we say black people. 
black people, as, as the colleague earlier said, refers to your Africans, your your coloreds, and your and your your, your Indians. And uh, in many engagements now, even with the lab, uh, labor department, the ANC has been in engagements with many groups in the military plane, with groups like uh, your your Hartford to say that because when we visited many uh, 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 institutions like Harambe, Harambe says we have opportunities for young people but people are not applying you see so there are many challenges to this the 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 the, the, the myth is not there the be recognizes uh many south africans even white women okay it takes that we were suppressed okay okay so now i need to go to callers do we have any callers let's take a caller if we have one please Kolo, assalamu alaikum. Welcome to Burning Issue. Oh, sorry, election in focus. Are you there? Yes, I'm here. Okay. I've I've got a question for the DAU. I want to know um, if they are prepared as the youth, DA youth, to join BDS and the Palestinian Solidarity uh, um, uh, Alliance because um, I have not seen the DA youth come out in public or in the media against the genocide and atrocities against young people, school-going children, the murder of school-going children in Palestine. I've never ever seen them coming out condemning such action or in solidarity with the young people of Palestine. Okay, um, let's hear from the DA. Thank you for your call. Okay. Thank, thanks, thanks, caller. Let, let's be clear, the DA Youth and the DA and the Democratic Alliance as an organization uh, condemns any form of violence. We don't believe in the atrocities that are faced in the Middle East, but we believe in a peaceful settlement for the Middle East. We can learn a lot from Kodesa, and what we need to do as a country is support that process, say, support a peaceful negotiation, and allow for the people of the Middle East to address those concerns. Okay, we have another call. Assalamu alaikum. Welcome to Election in Focus. Hey, good evening, sir. How are you? Good, thanks. You're live on air. Yes, yes. You are speaking to Andy here. I'm phoning from CLS in Battenberg. Please go ahead. Yes, um, I've, I've got a question for the DA. What I want to ask is that what is the DA doing for the youth in the rural communities of the Western Cape? And also, because I'm in Wittenberg and too much involved in the development of young people in Wittenberg specifically. And there's also national programs that are implemented in Wittenberg municipality to national government. One program which is called the Comprehensive Rural Development Program, where our own national government is also training young people in many different uh, 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 skills that are trained in electrical fields through the program which is called NARISEC as a part of the Comprehensive Rural Development Program. And then you find that the local government that is run by the DA is not committed towards this program because these are national uh, government programs. Instead, they are creating programs which are counter to this program that our national government is implementing to assist young people in rural communities specifically. And we've got also young people who are trained in different, like for instance, in poultry and also in agriculture. Then you find that this local government run by the DA does not want to make land available for young people to start uh, doing businesses in poultry and also in agriculture. Of which that is why I'm saying that the DA government in the, low, in the Western Cape specifically does not uh, address issues 
of the poor people of this province and also does not have a plan for young people in, in, in rural communities. Thank you so much for your input. Let's hear from the DA what response they have. No, thanks, Andile. You know, one note your concerns, but let me give you the facts, my brother. 15% is the rural unemployment in the Western Cape. That's the lowest in the country. How much? 15%. I can't believe that. I'm sorry. You don't? Rural, no. rural youth unemployment at 15%. Can I tell you why I don't believe it? Why? Because I've just been to Swellendam for six days, and they say it's it's like almost 40%, just by the way. Now, let me, let me say, yes, yeah. I understand that there's, there's pockets of concerns like you found in Swellendam, but in yeah. terms of the Western Cape, the province, whole, the province well, okay. is at 15%, which is the That's lowest in the country. That's it's, it's a fact. Let's, let's let but them if, speak. If I let can conclude, speak, please, yeah. I, I, mm-hmm. I, I think it would be good to hear more of the, of the specificities of what the colleague is saying when I travel to Witzenberg next week. But the reality is 72% success rate for land reform projects within the Western Cape which is the highest in the country and uh, we've spent 500 million rand in funding land reform projects so i think it's disingenuous to say that we're not doing anything this is not an easy task faced by our rural communities um, and it's one of the injustices that we face as a country but i think to say that, that the democratic alliance is not doing anything would be disingenuous because there are these realities but you know one thing I've learned in politics is that we need to be cognizant of, like you say, people's lived experiences. And so when I hear things like that, one doesn't want to just throw stats, but become empathetic and to engage and deal separately regarding that specific instance so we can find yeah. a solution. I mean, listener 4128 is, is also concerned about jobs for young people. And, you know, you have to understand you are the ruling party in the Western Cape, so you will have a lot of questions and people will be coming and knocking on your door and saying, you're not doing enough. Likewise, nationally, people go to the ANC and say you're not doing enough because that is the ruling party. You have the control of the budget. People are saying, help me. That is how polit- that is how it works, right? So listener 4128 is saying to the DA, you always make too many promises. And the listener continues and say... You talk about stats and the jobs that you have created, but it seems that you create contractual jobs so that it looks good on paper, and then two to three months later, people just end up sitting at home again. You know, in fact, I was going to ask you earlier on, so the amount of jobs that you've created, are these long-term jobs? Are they two to three-month jobs? And tell us so that we know. You know, if it's short-term jobs, just be open and tell us. No, I think I I agree. That's the... The frustration faced by many young South Africans six months ago it was a frustration faced by myself where I could only find employment for six months. Like I said earlier, there is a distinguish, uh, there is must distinguish between jobs and work opportunities. The 500,000 jobs created within the Western Cape are done by the economy, by the sector, and those are long term jobs. But as a, a, a government, the 5,500 internships specifically for young people has ensured that not only do we create an Come for a year, but we create, we give young people a skill. That so it's can. a one year thing. That, that is, that's I mean, that. internships generally aren't that long. Exactly. Because people want to get into full time employment. But I think the most important part is how we as a, as a, as a government could, con- could attract investment to create more jobs within the economy, which our national counterparts unfortunately is failing to do. And that's what's key. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Look, I mean, I just want to reiterate that we are sharing a whole lot of opinions on you and I have to just uh, breathe this disclaimer again and say that the views expressed in this program are not the views of the voice of the KP's management or staff. It's y'all. It's you guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I think what's also very important for us is to talk about um, the young 
people in your movement. Tell us a bit about the opportunities within your parties for young people as well. Let's start with the EFF, Economic Freedom Fighters. You're saying you are a youth party. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Talk about us. Talk, talk to us about how you empower young people within your party. Okay. Um, we empower young people within the party. Um, through because the EFF is still a fairly young organization it does not have the resources that other political parties have so what that therefore means is that most sorry can we just take a caller before we lose the caller okay yeah let's go with the call caller assalamu alaikum welcome to election in focus i hate losing callers mm-hmm. welcome to the show hi ma'am how are you you're alive on here yes you're speaking to lusapa from pal Hello? Yes, we can all hear you. All 200 million people on the radio are listening to the radio can hear you. Okay. No, I I have a comment more than I have a question. Mm -hmm. I I just want to say, based on what the three uh, representatives are saying in studio, I feel like the the African National Congress representative is the one that has the most tangible information or one of the most tangible way forward uh, for the youth. I'm saying this as a person who has never voted before and I've always been thinking of what party I should vote for because one, I'm youth, two, I'm a graduate who is uh, in the in the private sector. So for me, it has always been a dilly dally to uh, where to vote and uh, you know where to place my vote because you know um, the DA at the moment for me, I feel like they have uh, okay. Okay, somebody ran out of ear time. <laughs> okay, EFF, tell us, please, sorry. You know, that's just my thing. Like, I will take a caller when I get it because I don't want somebody to lose airtime. Okay, no problem. Um, like I said, um, the EFF is a fairly young party. So in terms of opportunities that it can give to young people as compared to the two political parties in terms of resources and finances, it's a different case. However, the EFF, like I explained, it's run by young people, which therefore means that the political structures that are there from branch level, provincial level, national level, is young people, mostly young people, which therefore means that soft skills that they are getting, skills that they would actually use in future in their jobs and all of that. Secondly, the EFF has roughly about 140 employees nationally, and out of that, um, out of those employees, 50% are young people, um, 40% it's females. Um, which is something that we're working on. It is something that we're prioritizing, that young people must be there. Um, Also, um, in terms of the list to parliament, I think everyone would know that the EFF list to parliament is one that actually has the highest representation of young people. Uh, I'm I'm one of the young people that are being sent to parliament. Um, And it is also prioritized FISMAS for activists. And those are the people that are aware of the grassroots um, challenges of young people as well, which therefore means that these people that are being sent to parliament are not just going there for themselves as, they are, as, as, as individuals, but they are going for young people and they are people that have experienced and are still experiencing some of the atrocities that young people are facing in South Africa. Okay, okay, and let's go to the DA. So how do you, within the DA, empower young people? I think the, the DA is one of the parties that 
actually invest in young people the most. We have what's called the DA Young Leaders Program, which invests one million rand per year in a program to develop uh, a cohort of young people and future leaders. Out of that program has come mayors in Salim Simanga, MPLs, uh, 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 and national MPs. And so that is one of the key focuses. But also within our our our, our political sphere with, with with public representatives, I'm one of the youngest councillors within the the city of Cape Town, but also the country. And so we can go on in terms of our national list, our federal youth leader, along with various various other young public representatives, are being in electable positions. That's what's important because it doesn't make sense to have you know the national cabinet, which is filled with you know uh, uh, people that don't need to be in parliament, who's making decisions for the majority, um, being in the most electable positions. Whereas the DA believes in the diversification by including everyone. I mean, I think the cool thing with both what with both of you have mentioned so far is that you know working in politics is also a job mm-hmm. this in itself is creating jobs for young people you are getting jobs to go and work in parliament you are getting jobs to work in local government and let's ask our ANC representative um, what are the opportunities that the ANC creates for young people within the party Thank you very much again for the question. Uh, I think uh, one thing we need to to say up front is uh, it's it's well nice and easy to throw stats and say that in the list to parliament we have so many young people that were deploying. But what is is important, which uh, a point that the, the, the DA colleague nearly made, is that how many of those young people are in electable position? Because if as the EFF in the province Currently, you have one seat, and your immediate one pe- your young person on the list is on number 13. It shows that there's no seriousness in that. Mm-hmm. Now, I was making this point earlier to say that it's not about making the list cosmetic, that it must look young, many people are there. But in the ANC number three, which is myself, I'm young, and I'm still going to be young even after the next five years. So, already the ANC says, the ANC has 14 seats currently. The ANC says, even if our membership of the ANC can vote, we're going to have a young person. We can guarantee that we're going to have a young person in that parliament, which is uh, myself. We have number six, another young person within the chair of the youth league. So in electable positions at the ANC in the 14, we have about four. The DA has none. Uh, uh, the, 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 the EFF, the DA has one, sorry. Uh, the EFF has none. So so I'm talking about electable positions. Now also, in, 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 in the ANC, we've, we've taken a path since 2017 of renewal, where in structures, if you go across the province, in structures we've started to introduce young people into leader, in leadership positions of the ANC. But what we're saying is that we don't want to be inward-looking as the ANC, that for you to get a job as a young person and for you to be economically developed, you must be a member of the ANC. We have a responsibility to lead not only the membership. The ANC is not an employment entity. Our responsibility is to make sure that everyone in the country is employed and finds a job, not for statistics. I think that's a good point you're making, you know. People shouldn't join a political party mm-hmm. because they want a job. They yeah. should join a political party because they want to serve mm-hmm. the country. Yes. Exactly. Okay, I can live with that. So let's go for another break. When we come back, it's going to be time to wrap up our show. Elections in Focus. the conversation for the 2019 elections.
So before the break, we were talking about how the political parties create opportunities for young people within their structures. And then listener 0860 said, um, sent in a, a WhatsApp saying, I am part of the Democratic Alliance Youth Leadership Program. I serve as youth leader of my ward and the treasurer. I serve as a constituency chair for the youth Sure, of recruitment and campaigns and I'm currently employed as a call center agent for the DA there are loads of opportunities within the DA um, so this clearly means that there are jobs that we are not seeing mm. within your political parties that young people get involved in <laughs> right behind the scenes do you mind me just quickly want to elaborate on some of that I know that we said we're not encouraging people to join a party to get a job but I also just want to understand what opportunities you are creating firsthand for young people. No, I think besides being a public rep, your councillors, the guys who are on the guys and women who are on the front line, there are those that actually are in the engine room of the party. And so, like the listener said, from your call centre to your campaign war room. I mean, we have a young female who in the the Cape Metro who's managing the administration of the, the the party. And so, the DA believes in welcoming anyone who believes in our vision for South Africa, who believes in 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 in, in saving South Africa as we like to put it and building one South Africa for and if your skills are, are better suited within the administration we want you we want yeah. you and we see you yeah this listener actually also says that you can go on the Democratic Alliance website for the job info and that is where they got the application form let's take a caller good evening Assalamualaikum welcome to election in focus good evening guys how are you doing good thank you you're live good. on here good thank you my guys um, I'm actually calling from Kimberley um, my name is Bernard um, uh, my question is actually directed to the ANC. You know, it seems that at times, you know, as smaller towns, we feel a bit neglected, you know, about what's going on here. Because um, I don't know if you guys know about it, but uh, last year sometime we had a complete shutdown of Kimberley, where we couldn't get bread for a whole week. We couldn't um, throw in petrol. Mm-hmm. Everything was shut down. Nothing could come through Kimberley because of service delivery. My question is directed to the ANC because um, the people were protesting about a corrupt mayor, Matika, who didn't want to step down. And um, his um, family and all his friends were basically benefiting from all government funds and, you know, that type of thing. So what happened was eventually after stepping down, he got another job in legislature. So my question to the ANC is just to elaborate on that matter, please. Okay, I mean, I, I, I do understand that this is maybe not within the topic of this evening. The topic of this evening is youth unemployment. And if you feel that you are not suitably qualified to answer that, you don't have to. No, no, definitely we're going to answer because our belief is that anything that happens in South Africa today does concern young people because young people are the future and that will impact on their future. Uh, uh, most importantly to say that Corruption, especially the Siena, the presidency of Cyril uh, Ramaphosa, have been saying that people, because you know, it's easy to make an allegation, and you don't want to deal with people based on many allegations that are made. But what is important is that the NC has created platforms where people must go and say different commissions that are there. They must go there and say so and so is doing this, and those people must be dealt with harshly. And when we look at corruption, we must not only uh, apply lenses through the organization you love or not. There's been corruption across board, and corruption must be dealt with because it's against the development of our people. One important point that the caller is making uh, is on the people in the rural areas. 
and the lack of opportunities thereof in those areas. And 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 this is connected to many people, the calls the ANC has been making in terms of spatial planning, that opportunities are far from the people. And the sad reality, with greatest respect, is that when you get these people coming to these urban areas, uh, where there are opportunities, whether they will go to your Kimberley, but someone close as Harib will be going to, 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 to Cape Town. But the, the saddest reality is when they are going to arrive in Cape Town and the, the premier of the province calls them refugees. You see, it was they are looking for employment opportunities. Or when they go to Cape Town, the, the, the housing uh, 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 MEC uh, and the government of the Western Cape send back 2.1 billion rand grant from the USDG, which is the Urban Settlement Development Bank. Sure. Okay. Let's welcome another caller to Election in Focus. Good evening. Welcome to the show. Um, good evening. Um, I have a question um, for both the the, the uh, DA um, representative um, inclu- and also the ANC uh, representative as well. Um, a huge problem that we are experiencing uh, in Cape Town, particularly um, on the Cape Flats, is the whole um, you know reality of 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 crime, of gangsterism, um, you know drugs. Um, I mean, we are in a situation that in Cape Town that quite frankly is unprecedented. Um, our youth are dying on a daily basis. I mean, just today there was about three or four killings, um, gang related and so on. So, you know, this being a DA-governed uh, province um, and a city, I mean, um, you know, my question is simply this. Um, you know, what is the DA doing to 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 combat this um, because it is really destroying our communities um, and also to the to the ANC representative um, what is your vision uh, the ANC's vision in terms of dealing with these issues decisively thank, thank you, you so much I think that this is a very valid question particularly in the Western Cape where young people are drawn into gangs crime and drug addiction mm. I, I think that's, that's, that's a critical question. Crime and gangsterism and drugs destroying our communities and our families most importantly. And I think this is why the DA has made it a central point in our manifesto where we're calling for an honest professional police force that is controlled by the provincial government, Yazid. Because let's face the reality. There's one police officer for every 300 people within the, the Western Cape, roughly. The, sorry, for one police officer for every 500 people. The national average is one and the question keeps on getting asked when you have six of the worst precincts nationally within this metro, why aren't we getting more of the resources? And that's why Alan Wendy, our Premier candidate, says he will fight for a devolved provincial police force because clearly there is no sense of urgency from the national government. But what has the city done, even though it's not our competency? With the draft budget, we have set aside 100 million rand for the metro police to bring a thousand more officers onto the ground. Because ultimately that's how you need to ensure policing boots on the ground. And remember, it's not a funded mandate. It's something that is that is done by the national government. So, you're saying, so you're saying the DA is going to increase 
Metropolis. Metropolis. By a thousand, setting aside 100 million rand. To ensure that young people what can be can safer. Be safer. Mm-hmm. Because the reality is, wh- why should a young person sit under the table in Mitchell's plane and study? Let me ask the AFA, what do you think about spending more money on security? Yeah. Yes, I mean, because, you know, young people in the Western Cape, crime, drugs, and gangs. This is an issue every day. Um, well, the EFF belo- um, believes in always identifying the root cause and addressing it. And as much as we understand that there must be police, there must be security measures, but what makes young people turn into drugs? What makes young people turn into gangsterism? Why are we not speaking about those issues and addressing them? One of those being landlessness, being them not being able to access education. It is them not being able to uh, um, access employment. It is their mothers, their parents being stuck in their townships, not being able to access those things. So for you to say that we're going to take these people, take them to prisons, knowing already that the prison system in South Africa, there's already, it's already a mess, it's overcrowded, and it's all sorts of things. And it actually, most of the people that leave those prisons, they come out much, much worse than they were. So as much as policing is actually one of the things that would assist, but it cannot be the only and the most primary uh, response to the issue of drugs and gangsterism. No, thanks. Uh, 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 I agree uh, with what the, 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 the EFF has just said, which is something the ANC has been saying for all the time, is that there's been a lack of understanding from the government of today in the Western Cape of how to deal with crime. Firstly, they called for the deployment of the army. Yes. You can't deploy the army to its people because when the army gets there, there's going to be a mess. So we don't want uh, to deploy the army to its people. Secondly, correctly, more policing will not solve crime. will just increase the number of people who are arrested for crime. And that increases the bill of government to correctional services, a government uh, that rules in a country where the growth in the economy is very slow. Now, create opportunities for young people where they live so that they are able to empower themselves. Young people must be so much busy with their education and their work that they do not have time to rob people in corners. They are, they are there in corners, they are despondent, they are disgruntled as, as, as young people. It's easy for them to be recruited by the gang leaders because the gang leaders promise them something. They promise them food on the table. Now, our response cannot to be to arrest them because there's no guarantee, as the colleague was saying, that there will be any change. When you go look at statistics, I don't uh, uh, put statistics for the sake of uh, wanting to shine, but if you go look at statistics at the time when the ANC was leading in the Western Cape, uh, the, the, the crime in, in, in the Western Cape was low. If you check now with the DA, many like Yonyanga, they're in the highest in terms of murder rate in the Western Cape. So it reached the highest in the term of the DA in terms of, of, mm-hmm. of crime in South Africa. Yeah. So it's about, uh, and also lastly, mm-hmm. what are you saying as a government? If you are saying you are against gangsterism, the abuse of alcohol and drugs, but when you want to issue, want to make, to, 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 to establish a fundraising strategy, you introduce the sale of alcohol in schools. What message are you, are you, are you sending to the public? Mm. You see, when there's a problem of alcohol abuse in the, in the province as we stand. I just quickly also want to say to our listeners that we, in fact we will have a proper debate on gangsterism and crime. Mm within the next two weeks mm. um, 
with political parties to understand exactly how our tax money and our resources and our political representatives are going to ensure that ultimately our society is governed in a manner which is effective for our health and well-being. That is ultimately what this is about. Holding public officials to account and saying, we are the voters, we want to know what you are going to do for us and with our money. And of course, next week also we are going to tackle gender-based violence, just so that all our listeners know. Now, listener 398 asks a very funny question. The listener wants to know, why don't all political parties just join together to run this land? We all want the same goal, let's do it together. But that is not a question we are going to answer now. We are going to thank our guests for being with us in studio. Thank you so much for joining us, all of you, and we wish you all the best as we get to the election in May. From myself, Yazid Kamaldin, Assalamu alaikum. Good evening, guys. Thank you, Thank you so much. much. Thanks for the listeners. Elections in focus. In focus. Setting the conversation for the 2019 elections.